Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. You're listening to the Influence by Design podcast. My name is Andrew Eggleton, and today I'm taking over the mic, so stay tuned. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. Create the influence, income, and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Well, Samantha Riley, welcome to what is effectively your podcast, but it'll be mine and my pleasure to host you today. I'm so looking forward to this chat. We always have the best chats. We do. We do. And and we haven't caught up in a little while. We've both had, like most of the world, stuff going on the last couple of years, which really leads me into the topic that I want to bring up with you. I really want to tap into your, um, I think you were just saying before, did I hear you right? 30 years of experience in business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've had two years of the most probably intense experience of our lives or of, mm-hmm. of two or three generations. We're coming back out the other side. There's a real feeling in uh, Australia, and I'm, I'm literally touching wood as we speak that this continues, but there is a sense of uh, relief. Mm-hmm. And that we are coming out the back end again. I'm going to touch on a few th- few times here. We've been through this intense change. Not only has our business had to pivot or change, but most importantly, I think we've changed as mm. people. We've been mm-hmm. in the pressure cooker. We've faced challenges that we've never had to face before, and we've had to go internal, perhaps deeper than we've ever had to go before. I know mm. this was very true for myself. When we come back out now, because of this change, I believe in speaking to uh, a lot of people, what the feedback I'm getting is they're out of alignment with their business. Mm-hmm. So we've pivoted and we might have done something to, to survive or to keep mm-hmm. putting the roof over our head. Our business that we went into the pandemic with is ad- adjusted. And now that we've changed, we're coming back out and we're going, okay, now what? Now what? We're getting this freedom back. But internally, we're different in how we're Mm -hmm. approaching our business. If you're an entrepreneur and you're a heart-led entrepreneur, you want it to be exciting for you. You want to Mm -hmm. be in alignment. You want to be getting up excited every single day. How do we get back that that alignment? How do we come back? Mm. See, this is is such a huge conversation because everything you just said, like – 
the last two years has been so intense for us personally. We were meant to be running a live event. So when I say we, me, my husband, Leon, were meant to be running a live event the, the weekend that it was actually announced that the borders were closing. So the government hadn't actually closed the borders yet. And I was in this yeah. space of what do we do? It feels like I, we, we can go ahead. But at the same time, I had clients reaching out saying, you know, I know someone that's ill. Should we be coming? Just remembering that this is March 2020. None of us knew what was happening. So for me, the angst of that week leading into that event, it was the hardest time that I've ever had in business of having to make this decision of I had yeah. clients flying in from the States. I had clients yeah. flying in from all over Australia. They've booked their flights. They've booked their accommodation. And I didn't know how it would be taken if I ran it or if I didn't. Were they going to leave because they were angry with me because they were going to lose money? I had no idea. So we actually did run the conf I cancelled it, I think maybe five days before. So I've got like, I've got to make sure people aren't on planes. Cancelled it. I've, I was physically feeling ill doing the live. I did a Facebook live so that they could see my face and so I could apologize. And, you know, I feel like I'm doing the right thing and none of us know. What I did was say, but what we're going to do is we're still going to do it, but we're going to do a virtual conference. And the reason I want to do this is because I want you all to understand that we all have to make decisions in our business and I want to be the leader. And I know that this is something you say all the time, you know, be the example that will be, the, well, how do you say it? Be the change you wish to see in the world. I remember yeah. you used to yeah. say that all the time and I kind of had that in my head. So there you go. At March 2020, you were in my head saying, you know, be that person and, you know, step up. So I did it and, and it was amazing. But I kept that intensity all the way through 2020 because I was always thinking, I've got to look after my clients, I've got to look after my clients, I've got to look after my clients. Took a couple of weeks off at Christmas because I felt really burnt out. Went into 2021 and kept up that same intensity. Need to make sure I'm looking after wow. my clients. Need to make sure I'm looking after my clients. And I literally got to December 2021 and I, I know you've had a similar um, experience and I'd love to talk about this more. I was lying on the couch and I just felt like I couldn't even move. I just got to this point of I can't move, I can't think, I can't speak. I did a couple of days before Christmas go out for lunch with a friend, which is actually Kiri Marie, and we talked about this in another podcast, but her and I were sitting there not even talking. We weren't even speaking because we were that exhausted and that depleted. We were just kind of using each other's energy to keep us going. You know, I'm an extrovert, she's an introvert, but we still needed that human connection, but we actually weren't speaking. So what's really interesting is we're coming into 2022 and there is a different energy about this year. I still don't think this year is gonna be easy, but there is definitely a different energy around this year. The last two years were a very masculine energy. This year is a feminine energy and I can feel it and I can feel what's different. And we're all a lot more positive Here's what I think differently to what you said. I personally don't feel like any of us have changed. I feel like this intense experience that we've gone through has actually chipped away at some sort of exterior that we've had. And I feel like we're more aligned with what we want. So I don't feel like we've changed. I actually feel like we're getting more back to ourselves because we've started to realize what's important 
And I'm always someone that always talked about that and, you know, what's important to you. And I can only speak for me, but I realized that some of the things that I thought were important, and I really did 100% believe them, I've now realized maybe they're not as important as what I thought. That maybe the things that I were doing that I thought were making me happy, and they were making me happy at that time, what if there's something that can make me happier? Maybe I don't want to be doing this. You know, over the years, I've sort of got one or two degrees off. And I feel like this last couple of years has just like pulled us back into exactly where we want to go. So I don't feel personally that that we've changed. I actually feel like we've gotten more back to who we are right at the core. But I I would love, I would actually love this to be a conversation between us because like I said earlier, we have worked together for a long time. I would love to hear your experience around this and your take on that. It's funny, March 2020, I just finished what was a fantastic um, keynote on stage in LA. My clients from that basically kept me going through all of 2020. Mm. And I came back through LAX, and anyone who's been through LAX knows that it is hectic, Mm -hmm. and there was nobody in the airport. Mm. That was my moment of... This is real. Mm-hmm. We got home and came into lockdown. And, of course, um, I mean, my business runs on live in-person events and retreats. And my business was gone and won one news bulletin, basically, or delivery from the government. So I drove out to Mornington Peninsula and hired myself, got myself a place at a resort on the golf course in Mornington. And I, I think I lay in a fetal position for two days. Mm. And then I picked myself up and came back in and I, I created some online uh, programs, which I wrote. I, uh, I, I created in an hour and I had them filled in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, that, okay, I've, you've, you've done the fetal position stuff, now it's time to go. But what happened is in 2020, I, I really resonated with you was I was really looking after my clients mm. and they needed more support than ever. Mm-hmm. And I also had a baby. And I moved to a completely new place. I moved from Melbourne to Gold Coast. By this, I got out of Melbourne by the skin of my teeth, mm-hmm. and I had all this change going. And what I was, dis- what I discovered by 2021 was, is that I needed to change my focus from my clients to looking after me. Mm-hmm. And all of my focus came from this has to be me first this year. Mm-hmm. It had, it had to be me first. And as you can imagine, that was a complete disruption to my business mm-hmm. and a change of focus. I went into more of a sense of survival uh, and got into that real horrible place of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And I just started, I, I really started to let go of everything that I built. And I, was, and I thought, well, if I'm going to go through a metamorphosis this year, let's get down to what's really going on deep inside of me that I can extract. What do I really want? And I said this to you before we started was, at the beginning of 2020, I just felt that I was getting so busy touring the world and running retreats that I hadn't evolved into what I guess was driving me. Mm. It was what was driving me was how many people are in my program, what event in this crazier place can I get away with this year and travel, instead of what does your soul want, Andrew? 
and 2021 gave me that chance and it wasn't the chance that I would have um, opted in um, without being pushed. It, <laughs> but it was the opportunity to really discover what does your craft mean to you? How do you want your craft? Are you even interested in this craft anymore? Mm. And where do you want to see it go if you are? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. Now that you've been doing it for 27 years, now, now 28 is who do you want to be in this? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Mm. And what's going to excite you in the future? And so my audience changed my message changed, my goals changed, and so my business was completely irrelevant to me. Mm -hmm. What I was teaching now didn't make any sense. And so all of a sudden, and this, I guess this is where this, the topic come from, is, whew, and I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm getting back into this now, but for anyone who's also listening, is how do we get an alignment? Mm. This is totally where I landed on human design. So human design is something that had been in my world lots and lots and lots over the years and it never resonated. But I was listening to a podcast episode in 2020 and you know these moments where all of a sudden something just clicks? I can literally remember exactly where I was in my lounge room and I heard something and whatever I was doing, I can't remember what I was doing, but I do remember just stopping and just sitting down on the floor and just listening and going, oh my goodness, I've heard about this thing before but there was something different this time. And that's how I went down this human design rabbit hole of, and this was my journey, I guess, of really going back to who I authentically am and really starting to understand my energy, how I move through the world, how, um, you know, how I'm meant to make decisions, how, how I get my energy. Actually, how I get my energy was one of the biggest the biggest changes for me to understand that if I'm not excited by the work that I'm doing, so I'm a generator, if I'm not excited by the work that I'm doing, I have mm. no energy. So there was times when I had no energy where I was thinking, oh, I, you know, um, it's just because I'm tired. It took me a little bit to realize, no, it's because I'm not energized by the work that I'm doing. So once I started to really tap into that, it just completely has changed me, my business, and, and how I interact with the world, essentially. And, you know, we've all got our own unique blueprint. So what works for me doesn't work for you and, and everyone else because we're all different. But this is why I've been working with my clients over the past 12 months to understand their human design so that they're having the same experiences that I've had of understanding what their purpose is. Because I can tell you, as soon as you see it, you go, I've always believed that, but I always questioned it. Because, you know, we yeah, spend so that. much time going, what's our purpose? What's our purpose? And all of a sudden you see it on paper and you go, I knew that. I actually knew that. Mm -hmm. Why did I question that? <laughs> and it's funny because human design has kind of, it resonated with me properly for the first time last year. Mm -hmm. It's been buzzing around me for years, but last year was the first time I've been, oh, I get it. I get it. Our purpose, what I ended up working on, I'm just going to tell you in brief what, I, what I've been working on the last six months, was the two things that really excite me are the heart-brain work. Uh -huh. 
heart, brain, and speaking, and authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to piece together an orchestra to speak with for a couple of years now. I had this idea in Lake Swimming in Lake Como um, with, with my mentor. And I thought last year, why not do this? I'm not, I'm, I've really slowed down. I've got this time on my hands. I'm, I'm literally isolated in a place by myself, no family, didn't know anybody here. Uh, it was a crazy time. And I went, let's make something happen. So I started working with equine assisted training, so horses, mm -hmm. to help teach authenticity. So the horses uh, and a herd really reflect back to you how, exactly how you've been. Mm -hmm. There's no lies. They've got no motivation to, or, or, or motives. They literally reflect back to you how you've been, and they teach you pure authenticity. Then I started to learn. I was like, well, how the hell do I piece together an orchestra? And I spoke to somebody in the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra, and they said they gave me three options. I chose option two, and it was bring in one musical instrument at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to start with a cello. So here I am last year, I'm going up into the hinterland and Gold Coast and I'm working with horses and this lady uh, is having to do my presenter training with horses. And then I'm coming in and I'm sitting with uh, a cellist um, online, unfortunately, but with a cellist and I'm learning how to do my keto with a cello. Uh -huh. And then by the end of the year, that's starting to, to piece together. I'm going, how would I ever have thought that what people would be most excited over my whole career was me pairing up with a cello and a horse. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, it does sound super crazy. It didn't until that point where you put it in one sentence. <laughs> yeah. And this was the crazy thing before, I mean, uh, and I've discussed this with you, and I, as you know, I ran out of puff mm. in 2021. When I say I ran out of puff, I, I mentally – I was starting to get really fatigued mm. and, and really run out of steam. And I was missing my family and, and, and all sorts. So I didn't end up completing what I wanted to do and needed that Christmas break off. But when I was putting that out there and it was aligned and I was excited by it, I think that might be that manifesto or that generator part is when people see you it's so unique. You're excited by it. That energy is just like, I want to step into that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I want to work with a cello and a horse as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And no one's ever thought, what, what? it's not something you you look into the yellow pages. I know we use Google now, but it's yeah. like you don't Google, uh, I the training horse and cello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how cool would it be if you could? <laughs> <laughs> Although my guess is they wouldn't get that many calls. <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's amazing what happens in that time of slowing down and really getting back to, to us. I certainly didn't self-care as much as you did. And that was, you know, as I reflected over sort of the Christmas New Year period, I definitely decided that I need to bring back more of the fun that we used to have in our life. Because for me, yeah. life is all about fun. If it's not fun, don't do it. But I think I got so focused on just helping people the last couple of years that there was 
a little bit of the fun had gone from our life. Certainly not all of it. You know, we moved into our absolute dream property in the pandemic. And, you know, I've been working with a trainer and the gym is my happy place. I, I was I was a personal trainer. So to work with someone that, I've, you know, I chose the person that I've always looked up to and I've been working with her and, you know, lots of good yeah. things have happened. But I've really got back to there needs to be more me moving forward. Everyone's okay now. I can still support them, but I need to support me more. Yeah, 100%. It has to start there. It's like the uh, that airplane analogy or metaphor, what the hell it is. Exactly. You know, put your own mask on. Exactly. Where do you think – I took the option of basically a hiatus – of business. I, I, I kept a handful of clients, but really I I dropped out. Mm -hmm. It was time for myself. You didn't do that. I did the absolute it, opposite. <laughs> Reevaluate now. But what what would be the starting point of coming back into okay, where am I at? Where am I at now? Like where where do I start now? Like it's been two years, that business is gone. Mm -hmm. That business is is dead and buried. Where are we coming back to now? Because it's I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. I need joy and fun in my life. Here. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's ten questions about um, living the, the your life by design, and I can't remember every single one of them off the top of my head, but there's ten questions that um, that I use that I used in my business uh, because I had a bit of a crisis back in 2010 and I used them to really find myself back then and I actually tap into these multiple times a year because I'm always checking in because what's true for me today might not be true for me in six months time or even three weeks time like if, you yeah. know living your life by design isn't you choose one thing and you live like that forever like we're growing and we're evolving and things change, situations change, we change. We're, we're not the same person yesterday that we are today. So I sit down with these questions and I give them to my clients too. And in actual fact, I have a lot of clients that start working with me for business and get very confused why I give them these questions. But by the end of it, they always go, ah, I get it now. Because I ask mm. them things like, where do you want to live? Because I don't know about you, but I've certainly lived in places where I haven't liked either the house or the area or the people I'm surrounded with or something about that area that impacts my business, my relationships, my health and wellness, whatever it is. Yeah. So where do I want to live? What geography do I choose? Do I want to be at the beach? Do I want to be in the, the hinterland? Do I want to be out in the bush? Do I want to be in a city apartment? You know, and that makes a huge difference to yep. what happens in our life and, and our mental state and our energy. I ask things around, you know, what fascinates you? Because do we ever really sit down and say, what fascinates us? And just coming up with, huh, actually, crystals fascinate me, but I'd never really thought very much about that before. Like maybe I'll just mm -hmm. go and, you know, buy a book or, you know, look into it or get some crystals to see, sit on my desk or whatever it is. I mean, I only bought that up because I looked to the side and there's a whole bunch of crystals on my desk. <laughs> That's where that yeah. came from. <laughs> I, love um, these two, I love these two so far. Where do you, where do you want to live? That's that really 
makes so much sense to me. It's, that's actually my first question I was asked to. Uh-huh. Number two, what fascinates you? I love, I love that. What's, what's? Do you have another one? Yeah. Um, who are the who are the people that you like to be surrounded with, or who are the people that you like to interact <laughs> with? And this is huge. And whilst we haven't been able to interact with as many people as we have liked in person in the last couple of years, I actually was very, very hyper-focused in making sure that I checked in with the people that I do enjoy being surrounded with. In actual fact, some of my friendships have gotten close, so much closer in the last two years than I actually think we would have gotten out of a pandemic. Well, I think what you might be touching on there then is we've been getting on Zoom with our friends or, or messaging them on Messenger or whatever. Um, but when we're having those conversations, we're skipping the small talk and yep. we're getting down to the, hey, Sam, I actually need help today. Yeah, yeah. And they're the relationships that I've had with people that I never would have thought that would be leaning on me and me leaning uh, on them. And I've built, I, I, I feel like I've built relationships with people, just what you were saying, that I never would have built before. Mm. At a level where it's, it's, it's really trust, trusting and heartfelt. Mm. And I feel like with the people in my world, there's been so much more gratitude both ways of, I am actually really grateful to have you as such an incredible friend. Where before we were just like, hey, it's so great to see you. It didn't mean that we weren't close, but exactly what you said, the small talk's gone. But all of a sudden, for us, we all realised how much we actually meant to each other. And I'm actually getting a bit teary because because these friends have been constantly reaching out and, and at both ways, hey, just checking in, are you okay? And this isn't the old, are you okay from five years ago? This is like... Are you okay? Are you still alive? Yeah. But yeah. with the, the small talk gone and it's so actually, you know what, maybe I'm not. And, and, it's, and it's okay yeah. to have the conversation. It's, it changed from, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine, and carrying on conversation to being able to go, no, I'm not. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the mask had dropped. The facade of "I'm doing okay, I'm fine." It actually was like, "No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not good at the moment." And yeah. yeah, that was really powerful. That was like that was probably one of the. If I think about standout of of last year, which had very few standouts, was that my relationship with people. Some of my old friends who I've known for like 20, 30 years were the ones that really surprised me of being able to sit on the phone with me for two hours. Mm. And yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now I look back and just go, holy, wow, that was actually, that's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. But for me, even the friends that I've known for years and years and years that have just, re- you know, just at the end of a conversation have sort of said, I am so grateful to have you as a friend and in my life. And, you know, it's, it's just such a beautiful thing. I'm sure I'm not the, we're not the only two that have had that experience. I think that friendships have gotten a lot closer. I think some have washed away just organically. And yep. I feel like some have gotten closer. It's like things have sort of amplified. Yes. 
Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I like that. Do you, do you feel during these last two years, like the things that you kind of knew were happening in the world have risen that you might not have resonated with or agreed with, have kind of like been uh, shuffled to the top? So they're, they're more, it's more apparent or it's more recognizable um, what you love about this world and what you don't like about this world. And it's something that struck me last year was my, my true understanding of something you said at the beginning was be the change you want to see in the world. So, uh, my, so last year my word was integrity. Mm-hmm. Everything was about integrity. Uh, what I was saying, what I was doing, which is hence why I, I really pulled back on my business because I, I was going, I don't want to teach this if I don't want to teach this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, then what do I want to teach? Mm. What truly fascinates me, which mm. was your question mm. too. Yeah, what be that change you want to see in the world? What don't I agree with? And mm. being able to stand up for those. I think it's been a monumental shift for people. I think for me it hasn't really changed because I've always been very much I will take a stand on this thing this topic or I don't resonate with that or that doesn't align with my values so in that way I actually don't think I've had the change in that way that some other people have had and I certainly haven't got caught up with the the two different sides of all sorts of conversations that have come up over the last couple of years because I'm hyper aware that where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. And I'm not interested in saying I believe in this thing and I can't be your friend anymore because that that doesn't align with my values. I feel that the art of debate is... I don't even know where it is. I feel that having conversations about different things and different perceptions uh, is how we learn. And it is okay to not agree with someone and still be their friend. So I've actually backed off a lot from some people because I don't want to get caught in that one-eyed focus and the angst and the anxiety and if I was going to describe it, it would be darkness of getting caught in this vacuum of a topic. I'm just mm. not interested. I certainly yeah. have my own ideas behind the scenes, but I feel with that we need to get back to love because that is the only thing that is going to change the world so that we can all move through. Because mm. the more anxiety and hate and negativity towards people that don't agree with you, the more this will grow, the more it will perpetuate. So I haven't quite had the same experience as other people in that way. When you take that another level as well, when you start entertaining all that information and all those arguments and trying to figure out where you stand in that argument as well, you're filling up your head with that stuff and instead of filling your your own head up with what do I want? Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what do I want out of this? Mm-hmm. And last year gave me the opportunity to step back and this could be your fourth question or one of your other questions, but it was like if there was no limitations, like where would you take this? Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you want to be known for? What is my legacy? Mm-hmm. And I, 
I just started thinking about my old saying used to be, or my old slogan used to be, you know, taking people from good to world class. And and I just, I, I realized that world class wasn't the limit anymore. That world class was just like a, a really sound technical place where people who were polished and great performers could achieve. And I was like, well, what's beyond that? And more than ever, that sense of connection is required now. Like, I, I truly believe that if you... If you step back back on stage and presented the way that you were doing in 2019, you're dead in the water. I agree. There's another, <laughs> there's another layer, layer of, of connection that's required now. So for me, it was, well, how do I redefine what world class looks like? Mm-hmm. Now, what's beyond that level of where people are already amazing? And what's beyond that? Mm. And for me, it was uh, more of a spiritual experience on stage. How do I give people – what is the experience that I wanted to have on stage with my audience? Mm-hmm. And so my focus really started to come into the limbic brain, you know, the emotional part of the brain, is how do I work with people's limbic brain when I'm when I'm on stage? Mm-hmm. So you can see how the, 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 the big – Shift, and then it was all the information, and, and that was when I came down to you know how do I how do I do this? Which was then the orchestra, the cello, the mm-hmm. horse, the, uh, these these tools. So it was a seismic shift, and so I think the beginning of this year has been how do I now get back on track? Mm. How do I start implementing? How do I make this amazing? You know, all these amazing ideas and thoughts and this new shift. How do I make this tangible? Uh, in, in 2020, I was about to say 2021, God forbid. Uh, <laughs> Don't take us back there. <laughs> yeah, how do I make this tangible in mm. 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the the experience piece. And I've been talking about experiences for years and years and years, and I guess that comes from my background in dance. As a choreographer, I was always trying to give my audience an experience whether people were walking out of the theater just like they couldn't stop laughing or like you know dancing or being excited or whether it was you know some dance that people cried or you know they were drawn into whatever whatever it was i always as a choreographer put such a uh, not a pressure but i really really wanted people to go through an experience because anyone can put a dance on stage with a piece of music but I always wanted to do better. What can I do to create this full experience? And I think that having that background, I've always used that same that same thought in whatever I do. Yeah, and experiences create emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotions, when you have a, you know, that's what you remember from, from anything, is how did someone make you feel? And your experience creates those emotions. Those emotions, when you're in that limbic brain, create a chemical that help you remember mm-hmm. what you were learning during that mm-hmm. experience. That was really deep. This is the stuff that's exciting me now. It's, it's completely different. The, the one plus one presenting, which most people wanted back then just doesn't interest me anymore. Mm. And it was allowing myself to let go of that, which is kind of scary because you're like, well, there's your bread and butter, Andrew. So what is above that? Mm. It's a new audience. It's a new idea. It requires new tools. It requires another level of kind of courage to make pull something out and, and, you know, my internal world and manifest it externally. And I'm sure there's people all over the world going through this 
right now of, you know, coming out almost like this clearing. You've been walking through woods mm -hmm. and you now spot the clearing and you're walking out of it and you're going, okay, what, what do I want to create out here? Well, that's why we're seeing the great resignation, right? Because people are like, huh, I thought I wanted that and then I was in it and maybe I didn't want that so much anymore. And mm. what we're seeing in the great resignation, we're actually seeing the same thing in people's businesses. That, you know, people are selling businesses, buying businesses, creating businesses, leaving businesses because we understand now what's important and, and what excites us. And I think that we've, it's really important to, we, or we've realized how important it is to make sure that we're nurturing ourselves and, and, and to be happy. Um, and I think happy has taken on a whole new identity in the last few years you know it's still the same thing but now it means something a little bit different to all of us in its own unique way yeah yeah very much what what is your ideal what is happy in you so what's really interesting is and i think i've mentioned it i'm a generator in human design so mm -hmm. i'm designed when i'm in flow to be satisfied now when i first heard this i mean you know me andrew I was just like, satisfied? It sounds so vanilla. And I'm not <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> it took me a little yeah. bit to get my head around this. But now I've realized and started to understand that when I am satisfied, that is happy to me. And no, I'm not mm -hmm. talking like earth shatteringly excited. That's something different. But happiness to me is being satisfied. It's feeling like everything is just perfect right in this moment. And I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that before. I didn't realize it to the depth that now I understand it, that right now, is it perfect? And what I thought was perfect is a completely different thing. What I thought was perfect before was almost unattainable. It was something else. Now I realize, oh my goodness, like it's just, it's perfect now. And that perfect might look like sitting down with, you know, a cup of coffee on the sofa with my hubby, like with my, my feet on his legs. And that yeah. is just such, I've always enjoyed it, but now it's just got such a different meaning. Mm, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I like that definition of happy. And what I love about it is it's so attainable. Absolutely. It is. It's sustainable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot more sustainable, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, for, you know, being a very driven person, and I am a very happy person. I, I, I really believe I always have been a happy person. But what I've realized is that sometimes I've put maybe a little bit too much future happiness on what I'm going towards because I am very driven. I'm still like that. That hasn't changed. I'm still very driven and I still am trying to achieve those goals, but more, I guess, recognizing or being grateful for the moment and not just letting it pass by unnoticed. I was about to say that those those goals or those dreams, uh, it's, it's always good to have those, but going back to it's the journey. Mm -hmm. Like it's all the moment and the journey. And I used to say that preachers a lot, you just bring this, bring this back up for me. Of, this is like a few years ago is – you know, people are so want that destination place, but what they forget is that it's all the work and those moments and cherishing those moments and actually like soaking them up and basking in those little mini successes and failures mm -hmm. along the way that 
that's actually the thing. Mm-hmm. Because you get to the end journey and it's like, okay, um, for example, I create the orchestra and I have that opening night and everyone comes along in their suits and I, I, I bask in that glory for that one hour mm-hmm. or two hours. And then afterwards I'll probably get rotten drunk and and eat lobster. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it's gone. But what was the amazing part was the challenges of, of pulling all this together and the experiences, the people, the the magic, the the travel, all those little moments getting there. That they were the ones that I remember. Mm. You know, that's where my happiness comes from. You made me remember a, a time back. Um, so back in 2007, I took my very first dance group to dance in Disneyland. We danced in Disneyland. We danced in Universal Studios. Now, wow. I grew up in a house. We weren't well off. Let's say it that way. Our nickname at school was the poor kids. Me, and my sister, and my brother. Our nickname was the poor kids. Black and white was. And I'd always wanted to go to Disneyland because back in the day, I don't know if you had it in New Zealand, but in Australia, every Sunday night, I think at six thirty yep. was like Disney came on, and we were let, that was the only night that we didn't have to sit at the kitchen table. We got to sit in the lounge room and eat our dinner in front of the TV and watch the whatever the Disney thing was. And at the beginning of of whatever that Disney was, you know, the Disney castle came up, and you know, Tinkerbell flies over the top, and all the sparks come, and I'm just like. I want to go there. I want to go there. And um, we were at a dance expo in Sydney. It must have been around 2005, 2006. And there was a stall. We were there as a dancewear retailer. We were there to see all our suppliers. And one of the stands at the expo was specifically taking dance troops to the US. And I remember mm. saying to my husband at the time, all right, so you know how I said, you know, you said that I couldn't go there. What if, you know, it was a tax deduction? Because he was very, he was very money oriented. He went, oh, if it's a tax deduction, I could probably make it work. Bang! I was in there getting all the information within seconds, and took a group of eighty-five people over. And I remember wow. when the plane landed in LA, it was incredible. Eighty-five people at the back of the plane. Poor everyone else on the plane after you know a seventeen-hour trip. The, the kids yeah. are all yelling and screaming and cheering. And I remember going, wow, I've done it. But you know, when we got back to Australia. I actually really struggled. I walked back in the studio and I felt like I'd done it and I'd achieved it. And when we we came back, we came back, I think only like maybe six weeks before our annual concert. And it was the hardest six weeks of my life, trying to get excited for something where I felt like the thing that I'd worked towards had been done. It was not a fun experience because I put so much onto that one thing that once it was done, it was like, oh, what, what am I here for? What am I doing now? That's so interesting. I had, uh, in 2019, July, I did my retreat in uh, basically in a, in, a, in a village. I hired a whole village in, in the mountains in Portugal near Faro. And the build-up to that was the most amazing part. You know, and then and then driving into these mountains and all of a sudden seeing this, you know, the white buildings and this, uh, it was phenomenal. And I was like going, how did I get away with this? How did I manage this? This is, it was like the little boy was just constantly surprised and then putting on my adult face when I saw people. Um, <laughs> but, but when everyone left 
And I did the, I, I, I kind of messed up. I didn't book accommodation, like nice accommodation for me to kind of come down in afterwards. I just remember going into this hotel room and it wasn't that nice. And I just kind of sat in the corner and rocked. And I was like, is this, this is how you feel post the greatest experience of your life. Mm. So it was very short lived. Mm. It wasn't sustainable. Mm. It was like there. That's, and before when we started this, Remember I was saying to you in 2020, even though I had all these retreats basically booked out and events and world tours again, there was something inside me going, why aren't you excited? Mm. Why aren't, what, where's the little boy? Because mm. that's who I need. I need the little boy to come to play and to be excitable and to be like in awe of, God, growing up, Andrew's doing some cool stuff. How did you get away with that? You know what I mean? I love that you said so, it's like the little the little boy because I think, you know, we get older and we, well, we try an adult. Lots of us attempt to adult. <laughs> um, and we forget what it is that fascinates us and makes us excited and makes us happy. And I remember being asked a question years and years and years ago what my favourite movie was. And the 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 reason it was being asked was because that's the thing that's kind of important to you or that's something that, you know, you wanted to, to aspire to when you were younger. And that's when I realised, wow, yeah, like there was those things that I used to love when I was younger that maybe let some of them go. Definitely not now have have got back into those things. Um, but it also helped me solidify that what I was doing was right. So you were talking about you sort of weren't sure what you wanted to do and you have to, had to find yourself. But for me, when I went back into my childhood, I always wanted to be a teacher. I, rem I wanted to be a school teacher. I wanted to be a dance teacher. I used to be a teacher to my dolls, like an absolute nerd. I, I was, that was, you know, I was six years old and I had my dolls all lined up on the, on the bricks outside in our, in our driveway, like teaching them and had a little blackboard that I used to drag out there. It was taller than I was and I'd drag it out. But that actually helped me realize I am doing the right thing. This is what I used to always wanted to do this is what I love doing and and I'm definitely a teacher at heart and when I look back to all of the different things I've done you know uh, run a dance studio owned a health and wellness center ran health and wellness retreats you know business coaching it's always essentially teaching so so getting back to what it is that we did when we were children is a really great way to tap into what we're meant to be doing and what makes us happy nice that just reminded me my first love is the craft of entertaining mm. and learning when you learn through that 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 makes me happy but coaching first this is uh, like an epiphany for me in the last few months was coaching has to come second mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me mm. my first love was how can i entertain and engage people and connect with them through through being really good at my craft and let you learn that way mm. It's really important that we understand what motivates us, what we're here to do. You know, going back to what I originally said at the beginning, we're all unique. And for me, that wouldn't work. We essentially do similar things on paper, but we do them in yeah. such different ways. We're motivated in such different ways. And I'm sure all of us at some point, if we've had mentors, have got there's been at some point where we've started to morph into them a little bit 
and it's just such a dangerous place to be and not like you know bring ourselves back to to who we are because then that's the alignment that we're that we're blocking we're stopping that flow mm. so from this conversation what i'm getting from this too is we're not really starting again we're, we're not starting again no we're just We've almost been given the gift. I'm not sure I've got to the point where I'm seeing it as a gift yet. But <laughs> we've almost been given the gift of pulling back layers or peeling back the layers of what it is that we truly love. Mm-hmm. Like getting, like being able to get rid of a lot of that superfluous stuff that we thought we wanted or that people were telling us that we wanted or perhaps we had coached into us mm-hmm. to what really excites me? What kind of experiences do I want in my life? Um, what interests me? What, fas- what actually fan- fascinates me? What actually fascinates me? And if I do what actually fascinates me, will people pay for that? And I find what, and I find that they do. Of course, because when you're in alignment, energetically, people are drawn to you. That's what happens. One of the big, huge things for me last year was realizing that one of my gates, and it's around my core genius, is in the gate, which is all about I start things. I have a big vision and I start things. I'm not designed to finish them. Now, there is not one time in my life that I haven't had someone say to me, Sam, can you just finish that? My parents, my teachers, my mentors, that everyone in the world, you need to finish that. Now I know that I was actually in alignment and I was trying to not be that. I'm designed to start things and have other people finish them. This has have you done your disc profile? Oh, yeah. I'm about as high D as you can get with some I in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I with oh, the totally. I already knew that. Uh, you're, you're very high I. <laughs> <laughs> If there was a party, you would be organising it. You would know exactly what was going on. <laughs> Funny, I did my disc profile last week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but understanding that I'm here to start things has been so huge in my business because now all I've done is hired a ton of people so that I can start it, share my vision, and they're designed to finish it. It is beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful. I love that. And is that something that's happened in the last couple of years? Like you've been mm-hmm. able to refine and understand yeah. that more? So March 2020, mm. I had one staff member. We now have 15 yep. and there's two others being three, three more being hired this week. So that's wow. how my business, that's how much my business has changed just by understanding my core genius and how I'm designed to operate and bring in the people that support that. It's been, it's literally been a, oh, such a huge change. Well, I, 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 you're actually making me feel relieved. Like the idea of having that many people finishing where I start, because mm-hmm. that's, that's my thing too, is I, I'm, I'm a visionary. I have these amazing visions and then I get into it and it's like, oh, admin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean I've got to do that? <laughs> oh. It's like, yeah, and I need people to be excited about my vision that keep going, well, what's next? What mm-hmm. do we do next? What mm-hmm. do we do next? Mm-hmm. And it's like direct. I love, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you own that, that that's your thing. You start things and then you've got someone else finishing it. I love that. The Absolutely. completion. Yeah. Yeah. Game changing to really 
be in your absolute you know your absolute design who you are really really meant to be and getting rid of all the other stuff that we've been told people have told us these things and these rules because they care about us I, my parents cared about me my teachers cared about me it's not, i'm not blaming anyone because they didn't know i'm don't you know human design wasn't even around in the 70s when i was at school it wasn't even you know a thing until the 80s um but really like getting into oh my goodness i always knew this is who i was and i always beat myself up because i was trying to be someone different and you mean i can just be mm. this person i knew it the whole time this is awesome yeah i love that it's, it's actually making me feel this real sense of relief in my body hearing that mm -hmm. he hearing because you're reminding me about me, of, of I, I know what I, I perceive are my downfalls, do you know what I mean, mm -hmm. is I create big visions, but then when I get halfway through, it's like, oh, this is a lot of work, mm. as having someone aid you and, and drive that and do the things of, you know, um, that delegation to people that actually enjoy that part. Yeah, I was going to say there are actually people in the world that love to create funnels and that love to write copy and that love – you know, little tiny details and, and checking spelling. There are people out there that love to do that. So there's a lot of weird people out there. Well, we actually all need each other. That's the beauty of it. And, and that was pretty funny. But that's the beauty of it, that when we all tap into who we're meant to be, guess what? We're all happy. Mm. It, it's, it's pretty crazy. The thing that I got out of this conversation the most was what your, your change and what you think or what you now believe happiness is, mm -hmm. you know, those small, that, that attainable and sustainable happiness, mm -hmm. the journey, the mm -hmm. small things that we actually get and probably quite often overlook each day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're lucky enough to have a partner that you can put your feet up on, or if you're lucky enough to have a really nice couch that you can lie mm -hmm. down on uh, if you're you know what i mean it's these it's these really small things that um you know if you live near a beach and going like i live obviously on the gold coast and every time i go down to the beach and i'm in the water at the moment and the water's so beautiful and warm i'm like oh my god i'm so lucky mm. i'm so lucky and this is sustainable attainable i can do it every single day absolutely mm. yeah we moved to the beach in june 2020 it was it had been a dream that I'd manifested years and years ago. And I, you know, um, I was on a beach and I remember just sitting there and journaling and I was down there for hours just going, I want to live somewhere that's like this. The day that we moved in here and I went for a walk down the beach and went, oh my God, I hadn't actually noticed that it looked exactly the same as the beach where I'd done all this journaling over 10 years previously. But we moved into this place and I can tell you there is not one single morning where I'm not sitting on my balcony, unless it's raining, and looking out to the beach and not just saying it to myself, but every single day I say to Leon, I am so grateful that we live here. I have the, the most amazing amount of gratitude for where we live. And I think that, that having that gratitude for me, if I was going to take something away from this conversation, having grat the gratitude that I now like really tap into is just so next level to what it always was. And I've always had gratitude or, or paid gratitude, 
but now it's such a deep visceral fit like a such a deep visceral feeling that it really yeah. has given me a different perspective of life i love that i love that and just to add i i, I love I love that because when you're saying that, I'm actually feeling that from you. Mm. Like I can really feel that and I'm kind of like, there's a part of me that's like semi-jealous. Um, <laughs> two things also that I'm, I'm, I'm changing this or have changed in the last few months. One is I'm less disciplined than I used to be, meaning that I'm now drinking beer again. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying not being so disciplined in the hours that I work. I'm, I'm more focusing on the quality and I'm allowing myself to have way more fun and say yes to things than what I was before when I was very, it was all about discipline and, and, and getting to point, you know, B. And the other one is the space is, is when I'm having fun and when I'm, uh, when I'm less disciplined, I'm more happy. And when I'm more happy, good stuff just seems to happen. Mm. Um, which allows me more time, if I give myself more time and space, to actually dream and think. Absolutely. Mm. Well, on that note, we both know, and we were talking about it before we what? started recording, that Noosa Main Beach is one of our happy places. So sometime in the next few weeks, we should met, you know, meet up there and, and uh, have gratitude and live in the moment of being at Noosa Main Beach and knowing that it's such an amazing place. That's it, a beer and a swim. Absolutely. Done. Andrew, this has been such a great conversation. I would love uh, for you to share where people can find you and stay connected with you and all the amazing work that you're doing in the world. I think that the best place is my website, andrewickleton.com, and that's an E-L and not an uh, L-E, um, or my Facebook group, which is the heart of presenting. And of course, we'll pop those links in the show notes over at influencebydesignpodcast.com so that you can go and, uh, and check out what, what Andrew's doing with horses and cellos. Sam, thank you for allowing me to host the host on your podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I really, I really appreciate it. And it's amazing to touch base with you again. Well, thank you for being such an amazing host. It's been really great to chat with you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.